morning, good afternoon, good evening. Please delete when appropriate. I think I said that right. This <laughs> this is the Material Podcast episode 160. That's 160 podcasts. That's 10 more than 150, which is pretty dang good if I do say so myself. And I am one of your hosts, Florence Ion. I am also one of your hosts. I am Andy Anatko. Hello, Andy. How are you on this fine evening? Oh, better. The humidity has gone from amphibian to merely a bit sticky. I don't know how you East Coasters do it. I really don't. I, you know, bless you guys. We're we're getting we're getting at the (laughs) other end of it. But the the we had that really cool thing that only people who live in places that have weather can understand, where like. Uh, there, you you know that there's that a shade. huge rainstorm coming, <laughs> thunder and everything, not because it's been forecast and not just because, oh, it's a little overcast, but because you look out the window and it looks like it's going to rain and it even smells like it's going to rain and all the animals are doing weird things because there's a big, big square dance of high and low pressure systems coming through yes, the pressure is changing the <clears throat> the overall atmosphere has changed i felt a couple of your east coast summers now i have to know that we start this podcast off a lot by talking about the weather <laughs> and this is not this is not I'm saying that we are indicative of the country as a whole because this country is so big there's so many different climates encompassing it that we really when we meet up, we really do talk about the weather. Like that's the thing you talk about at the beginning of every telephone conversation. Even my best friend and I yesterday or the other day we were catching up on the phone. The first thing we talked about was the weather in the respective places where we live. And she's only in Oregon. So it's like <laughs> not that far or that t- different. <laughs> well, now now we can also talk about like what it's like that now that you, your state has or has not passed, uh, passed and legalized uh, marijuana use. So it's like, well, is there like now like a weed store like in every 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 place you go like uh, to get gas? There's also a place you can go get weed. Oh my God, or do it's you, like a yeah. it's like a fun factory. Like you walk in, it's just like, oh, it's an elephant with three tusks. <laughs> Actually, maybe maybe you can help me with a, a like a, a neighborhood moral quandary I'm having. Uh, speaking of the weather, okay, okay. So my one of my uh, like my bathroom window like overlooks uh like the rooftop of my of the building next door which isn't isn't like a house isn't an apartment building but it's it's like a it's like a sub shop but it's like an old 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 like 80 90 100 year old wood wood building okay mm-hmm. and last week i noticed that there is a gaping hole like in the top, the, the the ridge line of the roof. I don't I don't mean that. Oh, look, some uh, some shingles have blown away. I mean that you could drop a medium sized dog into this hole without touching any of the sides, and there's also like debris around it. And I rem- and I'm thinking they gotta know about that. It's like something there. There you don't get a hole that's that big in your roof without knowing about it, and yet. Uh, I feel as though, and even though this isn't like, again, residential neighbors, I feel as though the neighborly thing to do would be to go to the sub shop and say, hey, do you know that you've got a gaping hole in the ridge line of your roof that's big enough so that, and then I would once again do the gesture with my hands here, you could like actually drop a medium-sized dog through it and we wouldn't touch the sides of it uh, because that would be a really awkward conversation. And also these people at the counter, I've been 
interacting with them now for the better part of a year, and they're hardwired, conversationally hardwired to simply collect the information from you of what you want them to make for you. And then as soon as they have the information, they will simply snap back 20 minutes and then they go back to making their 20 pizzas and 18 sandwiches. I'm not sure that I'm not sure that they're I'd have to catch them at the right time of the day so that they have their bonus conversational subprocessors turned on because normally they just like divert all cores of their CPU towards collecting sandwich and uh, and pizza orders. I'm just Andy, intimidated you, you, you by this problem. You got to tell them. Yeah. I know you got you got to tell them. Uh this you owe them first of all you patron this place, patronize this place quite a bit. We've discussed it before. So I have a feeling you you tend to enjoy a sandwich from this place uh quite often. So they do see you. I think regardless of the awkwardness, they would appreciate and even if they don't appreciate it, you know what? You did your duty as yeah. a human, you know? That's important information. I, I have to say I had a similar moral quandary last week, which is why I started, like, smiling because I was just thinking that's so crazy that we both had, like, similar episodes in the last week. Because my neighbor across the way, our houses face each other, and so when the windows are open, you can kind of hear and know each other's houses. <laughs> but I don't really make that known because I am kind of an eavesdropper. Okay? That's... <laughs> This L- is why I'm a journalist. Literally an eavesdropper. I just I work in the different rooms in the house and I listen out the window. That's what I do. I am I know everything. Uh, I am the neighborhood watch. Uh, so, but I heard my neighbor having like tech problems. She was freaking out because she was trying to. Ha- this is probably creepy. Now I'm talking about her on the podcast. She has no <laughs> idea. But uh, she couldn't. The internet was down. And she was on the phone with, I'm assuming, Comcast, because that's kind of the major one here. And uh, she had a job interview that morning that she had to get into, that she had to Skype into. And she ended up not being able to Skype into it. She ended up just having it over the phone, which I also heard that portion of it. (laughs) Uh, But I, and I was... I mean this to my friends in our little private Slack, and I felt like kind of a jerk because I should have gone over there and offered for her to come over and use my Wi-Fi. Like, mm. I have plenty of Wi-Fi to go around. It's just me here. The cat's not using it. So I feel like, Andy, you need to, um, you need to, I, I'm, I can't think of the world. I, I want to, uh, the word, I want to say uh, you need d- d- vengeance, but it's not, um, not <laughs> vengeance, but y- help me. Help me pay it forward by there, 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 <laughs> during there, the awkwardness. There is of- a, there is an implied social contract for all yes. humans to basically not say, "Gosh, that person, what a, what an odd time of year to want to just simply wait around chest deep in a broken hole in in a frozen lake." Oh, boy, that's got to be dangerous. And him like slapping at like the margins of the opening in the ice and just breaking off. That just seems like a bad thing to do. Gosh, if he were drowning, he'd be in big. It seems as you're right. There is an implied social contract that as awkward as it is to say, excuse me, are are you are you exercising in some sort of extreme sport or or creating content for your teen YouTube channel? Or are you actually drowning and in need of some sort of. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yes, I, yeah, I've, well, I would have gone over there and would have been like, hi, I was listening to your entire conversation and I know everything that's a, that that's you said. That's a really tough one. And like, I'm really sorry for eavesdropping, but you can go over and use my Wi-Fi. Like, no. Okay, what if, what if you had, what if you had done this? 
<laughs> now, this is this is how this is how smart and or devious I get when the brain needs a solution to the pro- to a problem that involves minimal social interaction. What if you were to because you're you're you, if you're using like Google Wi-Fi, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so what if you created a guest network yeah. called "Hey Neighbor"? If you're having Wi-Fi problems, use my. I've created an open Wi-Fi for you. No one ever. She never needed to know like who it was. It could be her fairly her her, her, her fairy and bandwidth Dini, mother. That's a great idea. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna do this tonight. I'm gonna <laughs> set a neighborhood. This is probably silly. I'm only gonna turn it on during the day when uh, my husband isn't here. So that's what I should do. I should just turn it on and any of my neighbors, Andy, that is such a great way for me to provide service to my community without being weird and awkward. Ah, you yeah. solve my problems. It, it, again, <laughs> it, it is it is a gift. I, I, would, I sometimes do not know how to pour sand out of a boot, even if the instructions for that were printed on the heel. But if it, if it involves like not being able to get a certified uh, mail package without having to have an awkward conversation with a mailman while I sign it, I can figure that stuff out. Thank you, Andy. Yes. That was that was great. Uh, we, I mean, I'm really glad we caught up mm. because we <laughs> we had some similar journeys. Yes. So let me know how that goes. By the but way, I, I'm very curious. But, I, but, <laughs> no, but actually, again, we are, uh, this leads into something that that we wanted to talk about because this yes. is this is I, I have also been in that situation where again working in lots and lots of coffee shops. Where I will overhear someone saying, "Oh, I'm really, I'm really excited. Like we're, we need to. My 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 grandson or my son needs it. My daughter needs a new laptop, and uh, uh, definitely, I'm definitely buying yes. a new. And we're also we're going to buy it at Best Buy tomorrow. We're going to get yes. the. And you want to say, I don't want to acknowledge that I've been eavesdropping, but you, if you were, if if you wait ten days, you know that Apple is going to be releasing something brand new. And but again, you don't. How do you say hi? I you either have to say, well, I'm just sort of the the sort of guy who is always listening in on conversations, or if you want to save your own skin, you can say you've been howling like a banshee so much so that I couldn't enjoy any of the music and the AirPods I've been listening to. You don't deserve Listen, this I can kindness hear you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> So, so allow me to help. Like, I think it's fine. You know how many, uh, you know, women I've interrupted in the makeup aisles to tell them like, girl, don't not get that mascara. Like you, you can't, you have to provide a sir. I've also done this at, um, uh, I've done this at Best Buy where I have helped, uh, people when the Best Buy employee could not give them an answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I feel like a real jerk because it's like, Come on, Best Buy employee. Like the least you could do is like read Gizmodo. Come on. <laughs> like then you would know. Or just like just like scroll the verge for like three minutes during your break time and you would like know the same information. But anyway. Okay. You, you do you do realize that not all I5 processors are the same. It's like, okay, yeah, technically it's an i5, but it doesn't have it doesn't have a fast path, fast path RAM. It doesn't have all the address lines you need to take advantage. See, you're 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 in a better position than I am because there is no there was no need to create the word gal splaining. Whereas <laughs> if I, again, and I, and I like is, that. And I, I I think that every man needs to understand the problem of assuming that they know more than someone who is not a man in the same situation to, but, but sometimes that would mean that. <laughs> oh, 
I call it flow splaining, by yeah. the way. Oh, well, I, I, I will like admit it on social media. So today I flow splained somebody at Best Buy. Oops. Uh, <laughs> so another, so a thing that I can't really flow splain though is anything to do with Android smartwatches. Yeah. So uh, I, I know we were relating up to this. I, I get a lot of emails. So I actually have a question form at my website, florencelion.com. If you like need a question answered, I encourage people to go to my website, not to pitch me, but to ask me for tech help. Uh, and then if I can help you, I can like, you know, convert that into disposable income. Yes, precisely. Um, or put it on my website and help you that way. Even better. Yes. Uh, so one thing that people ask me a lot about is Android Wear smartwatches. And I, I mean, before the answer would be like the LG watch style, like go get those, you know, one of those two that came out last year. But since this whole Wear OS conversion, I've been really sort of like lost on what to tell people about. And it just sounds like at this point, we might want to just wait until the end of the year because like Armani has now announced a new Wear OS watch, which is making it very clear that this has become not just a tech accessory, but a, I mean, they are really pushing for this to be like the open source, uh, the open source platform for high fashion. I, I really feel like this is what Google is aiming for. It's going, well, we're not going to set a precedent like the Apple Watch did. So why don't we just go after these brands who desperately want a piece of that pie? And I, I know I put my opinion there before we even talked about <laughs> no, the watch no, that no. Armani that, no, that, <laughs> announced. That, no, my, Michael, but, <laughs> Michael Kors has made, like, is doing an Android. It's, yeah, it's doing Fossil. The, I mean, all the brands. It's, it's achieving it's achieving the same goals that Android for the phones uh, set up. It's like yes. if you are not if you want to if you want to have a an advanced multi-touch smartphone on the market, but you're not interested in either buying a company that's developed a multi-touch mobile operating system, nor are you interested in creating one on your own. You can we'll just give you an operating system and then you can just make this into what you want to make it into. Although the EU will argue with you several years later, that's that's probably coming up after the ad. But uh, yeah, so it's that's good. Um, uh, this watch, it's two hundred fifty bucks, which makes me very very concerned because anything that's does anything that's Armani that I can afford, it can't be that stylish. Uh, yeah. That's a, I mean, and, they, and there are pictures of it, and it looks like a you know decent smartwatch, but it doesn't look like. If they, it doesn't look the sort of thing where they're gonna they're gonna reserve the word Armani for the most deluxe yeah. person. I mean, the the good yeah. news is that it's the second watch in two weeks that we've heard about that is two hundred fifty bucks, and we'll have both NFC and GPS, which used to be ooh three hundred fifty, ooh four hundred fifty, ooh eight hundred fifty dollars. Uh, but the but uh, after uh, the, I only wanted to I definitely wanted to mention this because we talked about that cool multi modi watch last last week and I for, I feel as though we forgot to <laughs> that I should have mentioned that uh, it's probably a super bad idea to buy any Wear OS watch until the end of the year not just because that's when uh, Google might cr- come out with their own self branded like Pixel style watch uh, maybe made by LG but also because Qualcomm, we talked about this uh, several months ago. One of the things that's been holding uh, Wear OS back is that Qualcomm 
created sort of a not really great chipset for Wear OS watches that was basically a, one of their phone chipsets that they sort of modified so it would sort of work. And then they came yeah. up with the second generation of that, which was a modified version of that modified version. Whereas at the end of the year, Qualcomm and Google, they didn't announce it, but they did confirm it, like a Google I.O., that they, were, that they had developed a brand new uh, chipset that was designed from the ground up to be uh, to be a Wear OS or a wearable chipset. So the, with the highlight being just really, really, hopefully huge battery savings. So it'll be much, much longer lived. Um, also, this one is going to come in several flavors so that if you have a company that wants to make a Wear OS fitness watch that doesn't necessarily need Wi-Fi, doesn't necessarily need all this other stuff, they can get a special version of this chip that consumes even less power. So maybe you'll get like a five-day battery life Wear OS fitness watch uh, and another version that will have the GPS and the NFC and the, LT and the LT and everything. So, yeah, it looks it looks we're I, I have high hopes because I still wear my Moto 360 like second generation often what? Not, not every not every day but often uh, and the I you like, wear a watch yes Miss Avocado Toast Millennial yes <laughs> I I I'm, I'm into see I like to be punctual for things and I have no, a schedule no, 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 no. for responsibilities I okay I, I have a hybrid I have a hybrid fossil watch. <laughs> That connects to Android, uh, but the battery died. It was a watch battery. Yeah. I just haven't replaced it yet. Yeah, because I can't plug it into something. It's like one of those mechanical things. You have to put a real battery in there. It's so weird. Yeah, it's it's weird. But <laughs> when it, when I did all when I did the complete like uh, house cleaning when I when I moved, I finally found this like uh, uh, Casio G Shock watch that I got a while ago, and and I not, I didn't so much lose it so much as put in a, put it someplace where I didn't go looking for it again and so i've been wearing that like as as frequently or maybe more frequently than the wear os watch because it has a battery that lasts i don't know two yeah. years <laughs> as opposed to, i don't have to remember to put this watch in a specific place and that so that's why i'm looking forward to if they come up with a, an android wear watch that lets me have custom uh, set my own choose my own watch faces choose my own complications that go into that watch face and not have to make sure that at eight, <laughs> discover that when it's eight forty-five in the morning, and I've got ten minutes to get on my bike <sighs> and get to the commuter rail station to remember. Oh, that's right. I didn't actually plug. I didn't actually charge it up. I'm going to have to find another keep track of time solution. That's when I think I will get fully on board. That's why I'm interested in replacing this moto with something better. This is why I, I am not able to maintain a consistent log of what I am doing daily because I've never been able to comfortably wear an Android Wear watch and to be able to like aggregate that data. Not even, I mean, the LG watch style, I liked it for a little bit, but again, that battery barely lasted six hours through the workday. It was, yeah. I remember wearing it at Google IO and it being dead by like 1 PM and you know, off the charger at like six 30, come on. Like that's not a watch. That's that like, why would I bother with that? So, you know, I, I'm just going to wait and see. I'm yeah. taking a wait and see approach. And unfortunately, uh, we don't have any suggestions for anyone about where OS right now, because it's all kind of in the midst of a bit of an evolution. I would say it's like a really long Pokemon evolution. It's just really taking a while. Mm. 
And also, I'm not I'm not super keen on what they've done to Wear OS in, in the past like year year and a half. I just I just like the uh, I know that uh, Google's moving away from the cards interface for pretty much everything, but I like the idea that you have the top of this little card peeking up from the bottom of the screen. If you flick upwards, you start to see these notifications, and many of them are actionable. Uh, and you have this watch that's sort of behind it, and now it's this sort of mulligan stew of like these three different concepts and ingredients which i'm sure will come together really nicely by the end of the year but i kind of want back my simple there is a cool digital watch and occasionally notifications you can scroll up in front of it and that's how it works i don't know mulligan stew sounds really good actually (laughs) (laughs) you don't you've never met mulligan Andy, tell me about this facial recognition feature that you're talking about with Google Play Movies. I saw you put this in the doc notes, and I have no idea what you're talking about. And exactly. I want to know more. That's Please a- tell me more. Okay, so <laughs> I forgot. Now, uh, 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 I, we've been talking a lot about the uh, NVIDIA Shield TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the way, good, good on anybody listening who was keeping keeping uh, a good watch on Amazon Prime deals and got they had the uh, the Shield and Shield TV for like 130 bucks, which is way less than uh, which was a really good deal. I would have bought it, a second one myself had I seen it when it was available. Uh, but uh, I for, for some reason I remembered that I got some sort of a Google Play Movie Store credit, like a free credit for some reason. And then hadn't used it, or excuse me, and so that I wouldn't forget about it, I bought uh, a double feature of uh, of, of uh, the, the new Sherlock Holmes movies, like both the movies that they made. Never watched it. Then a couple nights ago, I decided, oh, I may as well just watch it right now. And I noticed that, so I paused it because I had to go, go up. And then here's what here's what happened. Like I, I happened to freeze frame on like uh, Dr. Watson, you know, and... There's a, a circle appears around Jude Law's head with the caption underneath that circle, Jude Law. And underneath it is a list of other movies that Jude Law has been in. And so I keep, so that's basically, I, I forgot that I needed, uh, I, I'd paused the thing to go up to, to go to the bathroom because I could not stop like freezing the frame to see. It's like there's a, in the opening scene, uh, there's a, like a satanic ritual and there's a long shot of a woman like on, on an altar that's being sacrificed. And you see this tiny little circle around her head and the name of whatever actress was, I, you won't recognize her because again, she's really just shot as though she's a sacrificial altar. And she has her, her main lines are, ah! so that's, I don't know how she's credited. And I thought that was really cool. And so I'm trying to figure out, gee, when do, wow, that's a really neat feature. When did that, is that, was that part of the big shield update or the big Android TV update that came out like just a couple of weeks ago? And of course, so, and so I start looking around and said, no, that's actually been part of, of the Google play app since about 2015, 2016. Uh, and I just, what? I've just never used to, well, uh, partly because I never used it. I don't use Google play movies almost at all. I don't, I don't. Unfortunate. It's really great. I watched Sailor Moon on it today, several (laughs) episodes. Wow. You can, you can, (laughs) you can, you can, uh, I was, I was about to joke that I didn't know the Google play worked with BitTorrent, but okay. (laughs) No, I bought it. I, I, Viz took it in and re like actually dubbed it the right way. Anyway. But it's, it's, it's weird that there are, it's, it's weird that there are these features that 
have been around for years, but you, I just, you, I just sort of accidentally backed into it and never even used it. Uh, and, and part, and I might be a weird case because I don't tend to buy or rent movies. I tend to like buy my buy movies on DVD and Blu-ray, like on eBay or at Goodwill, and get them for like two bucks a title, and then I rip them into MP4 files and put it on my media server. So maybe it's just that everyone's been using this and I haven't. Okay, so I found a random link that I Googled. I don't even, I've never even seen this source. So I guess take it with a slight grain of salt. I'm going to try and look it up again. But it says that Google is, they introduced this as far back as 2013. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, that's that's the earliest mention that I found. The earliest like screenshots of the actual one that I happened across when I was looking at this was 2015. So I so I decided to weasel and simply say, "Oh well, it's been around for years," and I would feel very foolish to say, "Hey everybody, there's a brand new feature." No, there isn't. <laughs> there are too many features to these things, and there there really needs to be just like a timeline in Google support saying, "Here's a list. Here's a, a timeline of every feature that we added and when we added them." That's the thing about being a user of the Google platform is that it is honestly just a bag of surprises. You really never know what you're going to get because you have no idea. Apparently, this stuff is like just tweaked in real time. I mean, I just who knows what could be on my phone tomorrow <laughs> or or what could be removed from the phone tomorrow. I just, right? uh, there was a, a piece, I think, on Android police uh, about the latest Android P beta. Saying oh, yeah. That Saying that one of my favorite features of the standard like Pixel Launcher uh, is the ability to reorder like the sequence of your home pages, because if I'm if I know that I'm going to be like uh, going on business travel like in three or four days, I will just sort of like preload a page with which has like like my uh, my uh, uh, the shortcuts to the people I'm going to be meeting with, shortcuts for Google Maps to where I'm going. Uh, a widget for uh, Google Keep so that my notes will be available. And so, like, the morning of, I'll just simply swap that from wherever it is into as close to the front screen as possible, if not making it, making it to the front screen. And now they've changed it. So in this in the latest version of the beta, they've totally removed that ability. Where, you, of course, you can still create custom pages, but you can't reorder them. And when someone reported this as a bug... Uh, the response from the developers was uh, this. This the we are responding to this by saying that there, this is an this is an intended function of the launcher because apparently a lot of people, a lot of like more newbie sort of users, were sort of accidentally activating the reorder the pages by by long pressing on the screen. Uh, so they to keep people from accidentally falling down a rabbit hole that they didn't intend to go in. Now, when you long press uh, on the, on an unused portion of the home screen, it will just simply give you like op, like a pop-up menu of options, as opposed to the, here is all of your screens as cards, go ahead, press and hold to reorder them. And so I can see that. I just wish that there's, I hope they put in some sort of a way, even if it's in settings to say, here is a, here is a, or here's a representation of your home screen pages at the, in this settings page, you can now drag and reorder them however you'd like. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Jim, <laughs> cut that out, please. Um, okay, real quick, before we jump into an ad, 
Uh, so just a very quick mention, and I really appreciate that you actually put this in here, Andy, uh, Google's global head of public policy and government relations for YouTube, Juniper Downs, alongside Facebook and Twitter, testified to the House Judiciary Committee on content filtering and how algorithms treat right-wing and left-wing content sources. So this is totally worth mentioning because, you know, Congress is poking at Google, the EU is poking at Google. There's a lot of there's <laughs> with, a lot of people with, with, poking with the bear right now. With knives, the EU is poking at Google with knives that have guns at the ends of the knives. We'll talk about poking that the yes, poking <laughs> the primary colored bear because again, it's like four different colors. Uh, so you know, let's this just we just wanted to mention that kind of put that in the back of your mind. We'll probably come down to that, you know, later on when there is more to sort of uh, discuss about that. So yeah. let's this is it's, we 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 want to at least mention these things as they come up, because this is this is like that one like really odd out of place shot in the occasional episode of Game of Thrones where there's just like a, a long shot of like a snow swept cabin on the end edge of a plane. And then there's like a, you, they go a little bit closer and the curtain in the window flutters and you see that there's a, a man or a woman kind of in the shadows and they look out the window and you suddenly see that they have, there's, they have a flash of red eyes. And then they cut back to the story and it's going to take like eight months of these little like glimpses to find out, oh my God, that was the resurrected form of the Snow King that we thought was dead. And that's what I'm saying is that Congress is trying to figure out exactly how big a hammer they're going to smite Facebook and Twitter and Google with and how they're going to apply it. Uh, one Republican senator, uh, excuse me, a congressperson asked hypothetically but pointedly of uh, Juniper Downs saying, well, shouldn't we, why shouldn't we start thinking about regulating Google and Facebook and Twitter as though they were public utilities <laughs> in which the case they would be responsible for all of the content that gets published on any of their platforms and like okay that took a <laughs> that's that's when that's when like you're having an argument with like a like a close family member then from out of nowhere like you or they suddenly mentioned yeah well i didn't drop out of college twice and then have a kid that we never told mom or dad about like okay let's let everybody cool down <laughs> that was <laughs> it's turned into an episode of maori maori real fast <laughs> Ugh. Oh boy! But that's but uh, we don't have to worry about that for eight or nine months, maybe. <laughs> okay, great. So we'll just wait for it to literally incubate. Great. On that note, let's let's jump into an ad. Let's. This episode of Material is brought to you by Fracture. Fracture is the company that can take your favorite images and print them directly onto glass for you to display in your home. And they make the perfect thoughtful gift. Fractures are handmade in the Gainesville, Florida area from U.S. source materials, and their sleek, frameless design goes with any decor. Ordering is super simple, and Fractures come ready to display straight out of the box. They even include the wall hanger, which helps make the Fracture experience fuss-free. Fracture is also a green company by operating on a carbon-neutral factory, which they lovingly refer to as their Fractory. Also, Fractures look great anywhere in the house. I plan to put my Fractures up the stairwell because Lord knows those boring walls could certainly use some glass designs to help spruce the place up. Fracture prints are a great addition to any home, and they really do make amazing gifts to your family and friends. It's time to rescue those photos that are hidden away on your devices. 
Head to fracture.com backslash material to get started to see how fractures look and how sleek they are. And you'll also get 15% off your first order. That's fracture.com backslash material. Open your browser now for 15% off. And we'd like to thank Fracture for their support of material and for helping adorn our walls. And now we're splashing out of the ad. Wow, what a great swim. Thanks for swimming like in there. Williams. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I've been swimming at the local pool. It's a great form of exercise. So if you've got a pool near you this summer, check it out. I got an ocean, which is great because I smell like the beach. And that means that I kind of get credit for like not showering for the next three days. Again, they smell very oceany. Pacific Ocean, very cold compared to the East Coast. So not really, not really good, you know. Not really fun to go into from the California coast. So the Beach really, Boys really have been cold. lying to us for years. All oh the, yeah, the all Beach Boys are full of it. And guys they're and absolutely. Oh, well, there. I mean, it can still get hot, but like you know. Uh, okay, so we wanted to actually paint that beautiful picture of people laying on a beach because we're about to talk about some really some news that has been really grabbing the headlines this particular week, which for very good reason. So the EU has officially hit Google with a 5.1 billion USD. U.S. dollars antitrust fine. So the antitrust fine, it asserts that Google violated EU antitrust rules three ways. So from the EU press release, Google has, one, required manufacturers to pre-install the Google search app and browser app, Chrome, as a condition for licensing Google's app store, which is the Play Store, two, made payments to certain large manufacturers and mobile network operators on condition that they exclusively pre-installed the Google search app on their devices, and three, has prevented manufacturers wishing to pre-install Google apps from selling even a single smart mobile device running on alternative versions of Android that were not approved by Google, so so so-called Android forks. So via a tweet... Google announced that it would appeal. Android has created more choice for everyone, not less. You may have seen this sort of sprouted uh, from a couple of the Google Heads Twitter accounts. I saw this kind of sort of uh, populating in my Twitter feed today, that exact thing. (laughs) Android has created more choice for everyone, not less. So even a blog post from Sunar Pichai uh, says that the EU overlooks that Android has competition in the form of the iPhone. You know, they've got competition there. It's super viable. You want to talk consumer choice? How about the fact that there's 24,000 different models of Android devices? I don't know if that's something that we should be bragging about. Uh, (laughs) All enabled by Android and Google. And let's not forget that we have an extremely fragmented system at our hands and that (laughs) Google is still trying to figure out how to fix. Uh, He also called out Amazon's Fire tablets as an example of, quote, device makers are free to do whatever they want with Android, quote. Okay, fine. Yes, Amazon has been doing the whole Kindle, uh, the whole Kindle tablet line is based on Android. Okay, uh, Pichai also mentioned building and maintaining Android costs money, and the revenue generating apps like Search pay for all of this on free Android. Um, also, that phone makers can install whatever apps they want. Google only makes money if the consumer chooses the Google apps over the different browser or map or search apps. But of course. <laughs> I mean, yes, Samsung browser, for instance, is actually a pretty darn good browser on the Galaxy devices. But like for the most part, a lot of us probably default to Chrome, especially if you're just like really on the Google line. So I get it. Okay. Uh, The concluding graph says 
Rapid innovation, wide choice, and falling prices are classic hallmarks of robust competition, and Android has enabled all of them. Today's decision rejects the business model that supports Android, which has created more choice for everyone, not less. We intend to appeal. Okay, fine. So people aren't really getting screwed over in that sense. They're getting maps and Chrome and search preloaded. They have options on some of the different devices. So you've got an LG device, you're getting different stuff. You've got a Huawei device, you're getting, oh my God, you're getting so much stuff with that Huawei device. Um, Most of it you probably don't even want. Um, And Google hasn't prohibited anybody from pre-installing competing apps, again, which is why some Huawei phones are really annoying. But it's like, it's just, it's just now we are asking ourselves. I mean, so I'm really, I'm really torn on this, which yeah. is why I'm having a hard, a hard time sort of articulating. But so let me, let me tell you a little bit about where I'm waffling on this. So on one end, I'm saying like I was really agreeing with that last part before we had our commercial break about regulating tech companies because <laughs> I am just, I'm living in this post. I'm living in this post-Trump world and a lot of things are really heightened right now. And I just feel like the only thing that's really keeping things in place, it's like having a valve on a steam machine, right? You just want to be able to kind of control that valve and how much steam comes out, but you don't want it to just like completely take over. And so that's the way I think about regulations in this sense. But I also in this, with the EU, it's like, there's so many different versions of Android. Google hasn't really kept anybody from messing it up. Like we complain about how much other companies have messed up Google, quote unquote. So Google's allowed them to do that and make money off of it. Samsung has clearly made a ton of money off of Android. Like I I really don't think they would have made that kind of money off of their own Tizen, quite <laughs> frankly. So, but I also feel like in that sense, Google gives these manufacturers a competitive edge over the iPhone because of the fact that they allow choice. And I think that that's actually what the EU is trying to regulate. And I think that them saying, pointing it back to Android is about creating choice. I think that's exactly the problem. It's that you can have a choice within this boundary that also slaps our brand on the back of your toy, basically. So yes, they do inc- you know they do introduce choice they let you do whatever but this is still a google thing you're still having google advertise to you you're still having that you know so of course to the eu that's a very like whoa 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 that is a competitive edge that is like taking steroids and you're on the high school track team and i did just watch that episode of 90210 which is why that was on the back <laughs> of my mind and don't worry steve only took it once <laughs> I, again, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm like a, a generation behind you. You're gonna have to. No, phrase that's that. okay. That's okay. I, Either I put that episode out of Family for... <laughs> Ties or an ABC After School Special for me to. Mm. Yeah, it's it's weird that the one of the hallmark differences between the way that the European Union, European Union, and the United States regulate antitrust is that the EU's point of view, the, the EU EU antitrust laws are overall designed to protect consumer choice, whereas U.S. antitrust yeah. laws are designed to protect the marketplace. So yeah. there, when the U.S. gets all bent out of shape about it, it's because they're not allowing competing companies to flourish. 
uh, when the EU, it's like you're affecting the person's people's ability, consumers' ability to have several options in front of them. Um, I mean, it's we knew that this was going to happen. <laughs> like the last year, they they only they only find Google about what two point three billion dollars because uh, Google search a, a results. Paltry. Yeah, exactly. A paltry two point three. Yeah, well. and we all and everyone knew that they're. I'm sorry, it was 2.8 actually, 2.8 billion dollars uh, for sh uh, shopping links that got like promoted in Google search results right. above. Right. And but then they've been investigating Google for a long time, and everybody sort of knew that there was going to be a larger, <laughs> larger hammer falling about that. But it's and as much as I love the EU for being so far ahead of the United States and protecting consumers particularly in terms of privacy, it's hard for me to read their actual complaint and see where users are kind of being hosed in any way because it's like the, it's, it's, it's not a problem when Google Maps and Google, Google Search is a better example. It's not a problem when Google Search pretty much owns the, the search business. That's... That in itself should not be considered. Well, if they have, if they can, if they have this much of the market, then they are they need to be broken up. There's an antitrust violation here. The problem is that they they actually formed the company based on an innovation that they were the first to put into the into into the web on how to do search really really well. So if you want to compete with Google, you're going to have to essentially. <laughs> You know, do do about 15, 20 years worth of work in building something that is going to be able to compete with it. And you're also going to be competing with a company that now is a kajillion dollar company that's continuing to put kajillions of dollars into improving and refining search. So the f I don't I, I don't know where uh, I don't understand where they're making the argument that the reason for them having primacy in search and in maps and in uh, and these other things is because they're being anti-competitive. It seems to be that there are good reasons why people seem to have standardized on Google Maps. There are and there are competitors still that find find ways to do things that Google isn't doing well, like protecting user privacy. Uh, yep. But on, I mean, on the other hand, I'm glad there's someone looking out for them. Um, Sundar Pichai's blog post which uh, came with cool graphics. And I wouldn't put it past Google to be able to whip this up really, really quickly, but I suspect that ever since the previous find, they had this <laughs> they, they had this in the CMS, all the art ready to go, all the blog posts ready to fire, or just ready to change Sundar Pichai's name in case there's a new CEO of Alphabet. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, it's, I, uh, again, I, I'm, I'm conflicted because I like that there's someone looking out for this. But I don't think they've made the case that Google did anything to assert their uh, – they didn't do anything apart from creating really awesome products that unfortunately in today's marketplace you have to be a company at the scale of Google or Amazon or Apple in order to create products at this level now. And that's I think is what's stifling innovation and that's what's causing situations where you can only have, again, any search engine you create has to be, by definition, an alternative search engine. Any Maps app has to be, by definition, an alternative Maps app. Um, they do make a good point in that when you pre-install an app, that is going to be prohibitive. That, that's going to be prejudicially the one that consumers use. 
I mean, Maps on iOS was being used a lot more than Google Maps, not because their maps were better or the software was better, but because you buy a new iPhone, you don't have to download anything. That's the Maps app that's on page one of the home screen. But like, but like, uh, like Google has been saying is that they were not prohibiting people from putting competing browsers, competing Maps app in, in the blog post. He's even saying that <laughs> just, just, just like yeah, you had a great point. That like it seems like the the best defense against these antitrust allegations are everything we hate about Android, including I bought I bought a phone and it came it came pre-installed with like forty crap apps that I don't use and didn't ask for. <laughs> And so it's Sundar Pichai in the blog post saying, you know, typically a typical uh, a typical non-Google Android phone comes with at least 40 apps. They can put whatever they want on it. It's like, okay, <laughs> again, everything that we hate, <laughs> they, they're going to try to skirt around this uh, this big fine. You know, this could be really this could be really interesting for Android. I know we have been talking a lot about it in this realm, just in our little bubble of Android and Google and and tech people. But I think we really have to think about the long term implications of what happens if you if if the, Europe will not allow Google to put their software, their apps on any of these other branded phones, that's going to change Android for a certain subset of people. And, um, you know, it's only going to exist like that in Europe, but I wonder if they're going to figure out some way to do that globally so that it's just easier on the programming process. I mean, I don't know. I'm just coming up with with ideas of what could be. Uh, But regardless, the implications of this are going to be pretty big. And I'm not just talking about the price tag that Google has to pay. And I know that they're going to appeal, but I think it's not going to work because I think that there, you know, Europe, there's just something about Europe and the way it does business (laughs) that for some reason works. So, I have a feeling that this is going to change a lot. That's where I stand on that. Okay. Yeah. They, well, <laughs> it's a uh, if you if you've got like the actual uh, European Commission's uh, press release in front of you, uh, it's kind of adorable saying Google. And this is again, this is going from their own press release. Google must now bring the conduct effectively to an end within ninety days. <laughs> so they have. They're so cute. It's like okay. <laughs> Because I, 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 I mean, I, I know I know that they they know darn well that they're not going to simply say, "Okay, that I'm sorry, we'll we'll open source the Google Play Store and we'll open source <laughs> all of our all of all of the Google Maps and our search algorithms." And yeah, that's. Uh, but yeah, I don't. It's it's I don't. There there are times where I have to kind of side uh, siding with the huge totalitarian company is also siding with consumers because. I think in a perfect in a perfect I guess. Well, I, I, <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I think, I think in in some cases because I don't I don't see how the world would be better if there were nine uh, competing maps products and each of them and there were no clear winner in any of them. It's like, well, I'm uh, I have to use this app now. We weren't actually we're not that far away from uh, a time where it was. Oh well, I, I would use Google Maps, but I really just I really need to know like what time a bus is going to arrive. I need like transit schedules, so for that I need this map. Or actually, I don't live like in a really really big city. I live like kind of out in the sticks, so I'm going to have to use this map that uses like publicly available mapping information. Or I actually need street addresses 
or I need like uh, I need uh, satellite information. You have one product that does absolutely everything, and I'm not sure how consumers would be better served by not actually never never understanding how good the public transportation system is in your town because you never went to an app store to look for specific a specific app that makes it work uh i would love to see more innovation in terms of operating systems i'm kind of bummed that uh that web os kind of was basically blew up on the launch pad and didn't do anything but Rest influence in peace. Yeah, exactly. It didn't do anything but influence every single other, <laughs> other uh, iOS and Android and everything else that came after it. I would love to see like four or five or six or seven competing uh, 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 phone op- mobile operating systems because then we would see uh, operating systems that work better for a new wave of devices. But I don't. I can't always say that I wish that there were more... Con- yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's it's complicated. I, I do I do wish there were more better competition, but I don't wish that there were more fragmentation, I think, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, because is it like, I mean, I guess it's great to empower people with information, but we also need to empower people to make choices for the right information. Uh, and I also, you know... <sighs> the whole thing is Google's trying to sell a product here. So by pushing its maps app on you, I get why the EU is like annoyed because it's like, you know what? There are other apps out there, you know, they're like, there's Nokia maps, you know, (laughs) there's there's other maps app. So anyway, this is definitely, this is going to evolve a lot more. And I feel like this isn't the last time we're going to be talking about it. Yeah. And the other thing I like the EU for is that it's not, it does. It yes. There, there are procedures uh, that they can that Google can now go through, but it's not just a well. We'll, we'll, no, we'll negotiate down to ten thousand dollars, and you'll donate a whole bunch of Johnny Mathis albums to public libraries across the country. <laughs> right. You know, it's they, they they can't weasel out of it. It's yes. We realize that we can find you up to uh, the penalty payments if they don't just simply uh, if they don't simply pay up or if they lose up to five percent of the average daily worldwide turnover. Of Alphabet, so five percent of the entire company, though whatever they make uh, over a day, they'll have to pay in terms of uh, uh, additional penalty payments. But as I, unless I didn't, uh, I never trust my memory when I'm speaking extemporaneously. But my memory is that the with the with the EU policy, EU policy says that you can you can uh, appeal, but you have to put the fine whatever we're finding you, you have to put that in escrow so that the money is already tied up. Before the appeal can go forward, I'm, I will double check that later to make sure I'm remembering correctly. So it's not as though they can just sort of dilly dally and hope they, they hope they lose interest, they lose any expectation they'll ever be paid for this, and so they're willing to accept a hundred. Now there's a turnover of leadership, and they're willing to accept a hundred thousand dollars in exchange for saying, "Aha, see, we just my my predecessor as president wasn't it was a, wasn't able to bring Google to its knees, but as soon as I came in, they knew they weren't going to be able to push me around." That's that's why I got this free Google hat and a hundred thousand dollar check <laughs> that I can now actually it's actually it's a gift card for the Google Play Store. But the number of times we're going to be I'm going to be able to see every single C.W. McCall movie that's in the Google Play Store and I'll be able to fight my friends over. So it's tough laws. We'll see how this works. I, it will be years before we find any sort of, rever- of a resolution, though. I know what to get you now for Christmas. 
a Google Play gift certificate. Google Play Movies gift certificate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For $100,000? Not talking to you. <laughs> My Google Home went off. Uh, speaking of Google Home, let's talk about a cool new assistant feature. Uh, so actually a new interface that's been rolling out called Visual Snapshot. So uh, while you are living out your day-to-day, this proactively... Uh, collects useful information from all sorts of different sources. So it's that little box that was up in the upper right corner. It's, you can click on it. And now instead of just saying like, what's on its way to you and what's shipping, you get this nice card based interface that's like actually pleasing to look at. And um, as you scroll through it, you get little smart suggestions, (laughs) excuse me, under each uh, different section. So on under coming up for you, you know, it says my calendar is clear today, but I can add an event if I need to very easily right here from the screen. So it's a lot easier than, you know, hopping into the app and doing it that way. Uh, also keeps telling me to follow stocks, which I don't invest. So I don't know why it keeps telling me to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also it has actions like suggesting who you should call and I, it surfaced the name of somebody I didn't even realize was in my contact list. So that just tells me I need to go in and edit that a little bit. Um, it's, you know, it, it's a really nice sort of update to that feature. I just wish that it were actually the main part of that interface when you switch over on the pixel launcher. Because as much as I appreciate having the news feed constantly updating and keeping, you know, me abreast of what's going on, I am also really tired of switching over to that page and seeing all of like the bad news of what's going on. Like I would really just kind of, I need to be able to compartmentalize that part (laughs) of my day. I need, and I need to be able to have the option quite frankly, Google, to switch whether I want that shelf with all of the information, like what's coming up, or whether I want the news of the harrowing disaster that has become (laughs) part of the world. I hear it's really nice in New Zealand all the time, so (laughs) So it's only part of the world. Well, if the hobbits want to live there, that's that does... And any place that has second breakfast, that'll get me to at least google home prices uh yeah no that's that's exactly it now uh, i've uh, when they demo this feature it's clearly with people who have more interesting lives than i do because ideally i don't have a life either it's empty for me andy (laughs) yeah it's all i have nothing coming up i have nothing to keep track of (laughs) like it's it's it just says turn off flashlight. I don't even. It's not even on. <laughs> Mine. And when I when I tap that blue inbox, it says, "You have no uh, upcoming social engagements. Uh, there is nobody expecting a return of a phone call or a message. Uh, would you like to talk to somebody? I mean, no, not someone for your. I mean, would you like to talk to somebody about the direction that your day, your life is." Going. I'm an introvert. Just leave me alone. <laughs> She's just like, don't you know me by now? Yeah. Like, but, how but, long have I been using you, assistant? <laughs> you should know God. me. You I'm, should know I don't like really like people that much <laughs> anyway. You're the, okay, I'm talking too much personally. Sorry, the, keep going. I'm the I'm the customer, the reason why Google is creating Google Duplex, okay? <laughs> this is why my Hello Doorbell has pre-recorded 
uh, pre-recorded greetings that you can use so that you don't even have to talk to the person on the other end. You just have the robot say it for you. <laughs> Hello, I can't answer the door right now because I'm in the little privacy fort that I built after I got the new washing machine and decided that, that box was way too cozy and private to actually cut up and throw away. At some point, I might be willing to face the actual outside world, at which point I will maybe look at the Google transcript of what you Don't said. need it. Don't need it. I have a tablet playing 90210 in my little box. I have a nice blanket. I've got my, you know, my chocolate covered banana snacks. We're good. I want to work from here today. <laughs> okay. I, I will admit that once four or five years ago, there, there, there was like a, I did get a new fridge and it came in this huge box that was going to be picked up in like two or three days. And Good for I'm, you, Andy. And I, and I did put it on its side. I didn't pretend it was a rocket ship, but I said, "Gee, I wonder if I could like get like a little like, my my like uh, a floor pillow in here and like oh well, you know I can actually get in a, in a couple of coasters so I can put my beverage and I'll just like close the the flap so it's like a little door. And it's like I'll be damned. It is kind of it is kind of cozy yep. and private and nice in here. I yep, might, bring I, the yep. I might want to build like a wooden box for me to live in for in a section of my own home. It'll I. Be- I am all about, I know we are totally veering off topic, but I'm just going to say I am all about the nook life because when you live in California, it costs a lot of money to live here and to buy a house. So you get whatever you can afford. (laughs) And which means I have little spaces in my house that are just like, this is like the nook for this thing. This is the nook for that thing. So I am a very big fan of the nook. And I was going to say, if you need some lighting in your box next time, you can grab like a Hue Bloom or a smart table lamp and dim it and then have a nice little like whatever aura you want going in there i don't want to have an indication of the passage of time so i like to keep it uniformly dark okay that's fair i just like i like a purple hue inside every one of my rooms because it's my absolute favorite color and i just want to live in that bathe in it just all day prince (sighs) Prince, the body is alive but the soul and the funk live on through purple hue light bulbs Yes, but uh, yeah, I, I do I, use deodorant, so I try to mitigate yeah, that that's, funk. It's, <laughs> Thank you, Andy. It's, it's, it's for better, the record, it's it's better in the winter months. <laughs> the, I, the refrigerator box was when it wasn't humid outside because yeah, I, right, right, or ninety want, degrees. You, you don't you don't want to be reminded of the odors that you naturally throw off and be have to live with that. Uh, you're yes. kind of hot boxing yourself, literally. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a good it's a good feature. Uh, hopefully, I I just tried it like for the first time early this morning. Maybe it'll get more populated when I'm have a have a have a busier week going. But and also in the near future, this is just like the first time they're turning the lights on the feature. There are it's uh, it's not just going to be it doesn't just interact with Google software and like and Google Maps, uh, but will also interact with like if you got a third party to do list manager, it'll be able to integrate stuff from there. It'll be able to integrate stuff from uh, Google Keep, but also other notes and uh, stuff like that. So, but yeah, it, it really is a good candidate for this thing that. Uh, the thing that you see the moment that the phone light, the moment that you unlock the phone and it lights up, that it will just show you. By the way, here is a summary of what's going on right now. Not just not just not so much news items, but remember that you've got a phone briefing at two thirty p.m. Here's the here's the name. Here's the contact from the email that set it up. If you want to message them to let them know that you your Wi-Fi has totally gotten down and the really, really what the the na- next door neighbor who seemed to be really good at tech who 
maybe has lots of Wi-Fi hotspots because as soon as she and her husband moved in, there were like nine new networks appearing, doesn't want to come in and help me with this. Uh, and so if you want to message that person, tell you for that reason that you're going to be late. Uh, it's it's a great idea. Uh, it also, I, I like I like these features that sort of nod to better features and better organization to come because it, what's a more natural place for uh, for something like Google Duplex to say, oh, by the way, remember how you said that sometime in the next couple of weeks you're going to need a hair, uh, you're, you're, you're going to want a table at this restaurant? Well, I found a table for you at this date. date. Or if, if they ever expand it to things like shopping, like, oh, I found this thing on eBay that you've been looking for forever, or something that the eBay app might be able to do for you. So instead of having to dip into eight or nine or 10, it's, it's part, it is part of the ongoing trend to try to get you to use apps without having to switch into apps to find a way to just get the core functionality or the core information out of there and, just, and into someplace central. Um, but it, it does seem like, um, like I, I, I do like this swipe left from the homepage of my, uh, uh, of my Pixel phone to get to news. And I'll be darned, there's the inbox like on at the top of that page too. I would really like it if that were like quick, I could, if there were a setting so I could actually make that into uh, the visual snapshot and then switch to uh, the news page instead. Cause yeah, that's, uh, it does seem the sort of thing where I'd love to be able to just pick up my phone, acknowledge that I'm blowing off three appointments and I've got two deadlines I'm absolutely not going to meet and then put the phone back down and continue online shopping for old comic books. And that's okay. I bought Pokemon cards today. Um, so I also noticed that there is a explore button right next to the shelf. When you, when you, uh, walk in there on your assistant, you can hit the explore button and it will take you to a search engine that lets you look for all the assistant actions. So I think this is a new little hint at, Hey, 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 people come discover what this can do because we really want you to use the assistant. <laughs> so go do that make google happy and go figure out what it is that it wants you to do with it uh you know i'm gonna use this i'm gonna see i'm gonna try using just the assistant to do things like for instance i'm going to a movie this weekend so i'm gonna try and book it that way and see what i can find yeah that's that's the that's the biggest that's the biggest challenge that any of these phone makers and app makers face how do you change somebody's uh habit like the the number the number of years I continue to go to an ATM to deposit a check, instead of uh, instead of doing it electronically with the with my phone app, just because look I know that I don't understand the complete sequence of events that happens that results in this piece of paper that was mailed to me being transferred into thousands of dollars that's in my that's available to me to spend. All I know is that if I put this into this slot and tap these buttons, it happens. I have never had that happen by taking a picture of something with my phone and then tapping a button. And so I don't really like that, but so I've, I've never, uh, I, I don't know. I was, I was about to, I, I've, I've never used these kinds of features for like booking an Uber or I can see by the way that you're, sc you're scowling and shaking your head. It must be going great. This must yeah. Be the I just, I don't understand sometimes how, how I don't understand sometimes how the Google assistant thinks I like things that I do. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. There, there, there's no better. There's no better review than facial tracking. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially me because I've got quite a very expressive face. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 
go check that out if you have a chance. Uh, the update's rolling out, so I don't think everybody might have it immediately. But this week, it's coming out. Uh, real quick, before we say goodbye, Google has officially made its Project Loon and Project Wing full alphabet companies. So they're their own respective. Congratulations, Loon and Wing. They've, they've graduated. They've graduated from the school of X. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. Yes. And joins Waymo and then help various healthcare services from being things that they don't think is going to make any money to, I'll be damned, maybe we can make money by putting mobile broadband transponders on helium balloons that position themselves automatically. And maybe this thing about programming drones to deliver burritos to people, maybe there's some coin to be made here. We need to incorporate uh the, the disappointing thing, though, is that it'll still be listed, and uh, when uh, when the Alphabet Company makes its uh, quarterlies, they will still be included under quote other bets unquote, meaning the individual they don't have to say how much money Waymo is making or losing or how much money Wing is making or losing. They can just say, oh well, let's just say that we're losing a lot of money on a lot of things that aren't ready yet. Well, I look forward to seeing what the next company that is going to graduate will be. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad to see Project Loon there, you know, kind of going off on its own because it actually is doing it's it's helping. I know that it's helping bring Internet to places around the world yeah. that might not otherwise have that ability. And of course, we want humanity to be empowered by information and knowledge. And how do we get them that information and knowledge? We hook them up to the infrastructure. <laughs> Although, if I can give some, I know I'm not your graduation speaker, uh, Loon and Wing, but it's not too late to consider like grad school, because remember that as soon as you graduate and you leave the secondary education, you got to start paying those those student loans back. So you might want to put that off as long as possible. That's okay, Andy, because there's this new game show coming out. Well, I where I heard that you can go on and you can win to get your student loans paid off. It's great. It's great. So they'll just go. (laughs) Fight each other for escape from your crushing student loan death for the amusement of baby boomers. (laughs) Better yet, we'll put this show on broadcast television, an antiquated form of entertainment that no one under the age of 50 still accesses. Just to underscore... How lopsided the system that we ourselves have built is. Uh, I think it's a lovely way to end out the show today. <laughs> Andy, thank you for joining me today to talk about Google. Uh, it's nice to have a conversation with a human being. I know, right? It's, it's good to practice. I, I am actually home alone as well uh, for the night. So I really appreciate Again, the fact that you let me clear my throat directly into your ear, and I apologize for that. That happened before we were recording. I do apologize for that. Oh, no, <laughs> I have to get I, it out. I, I, I think it's nothing that any like broadcast engineer working in like network news in the 1970s did not have to deal with. Like you get to where Dan Rather has to takes one last last drag off that Paul Mall before you know while, as he's being counted on. <laughs> I gotta switch to menthols. Hello, I'm Dan Rather. Hello, I'm Ted Couple. Uh, okay, so Andy, 
Do you have anything that you would like to leave our listeners with? Uh, be good to each other. Uh, as Kirk Vonnegut said, we're all here to help us get through this thing, whatever that thing is. Uh, and also, I'm going to be on uh, public radio again in Boston, WGBH, uh, tomorrow, Yay. talking about, God, so much stuff. Did so, you figure it out? Did you figure out what you want to talk about? Uh, I know you were tweeting about yeah, that. Yeah, it's... There's just the, the the problem. The problem is that no, if it's if there, uh, I always produce like a like kind of like a, a briefing doc or a show doc saying here are here are a bunch of topics that would be good if we wanted to take a look at if we want to talk about, and then the producer of the show will talk to the hosts and they'll come back with a couple. They'll you, they might add another two or uh, I'll say that maybe one of these four. Uh, but there's so many things. It's a not only was it a long list, but so much of it was like con congressional testimony and like federal lawsuits that that involved me having to sit and just like read like a like the, the 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 thirty page Mueller indictment from Friday. That's all about like like uh, cyber attack profiles and uh, digital forensics. It's like not only do I have to like read the entire thing and take notes and make sure if there's something I don't understand that I actually go a couple up more levels deep to make sure I understand this part of it uh, so that, again, in case we talk about it for 45 seconds, no matter what topic comes up, I can appear to know what I'm talking about. And there's six of these things like that. So. <sighs> but at least I get out of the house. Yeah, you know, good on us. Good on us. Uh, this is good. I'm glad we're both working. I, too, am also working. And, of course, uh, tomorrow I've got another episode. Or tomorrow. Actually, when this podcast posts, there will also be an episode of Know How that you can check out on the Yay. Twit Network. Uh, and I've also will hopefully be writing a post at my site soon to let you all know, because I've had a lot of stuff go up in the last couple of weeks. There's so much going on. Andy, where can people find you if they want to find you on the internet? As usual, you become a member of the Andy Anatko Know How Club by spelling my name correctly. I'm Anatko on Twitter, Anatko on Instagram, and my blog is at anatko.com. Yes, and also, if you want to follow us and support us, you can go to relay.fm slash material. It really really helps us to know you're out there like we really appreciate it so if you love what we do you love what we say you want to hear us say more of it please consider becoming a member uh, a sponsor we really appreciate it we appreciate all of you out there for listening every week and i guess until next week have a good rest of the week 